So if you want to know what stocks a dividend investor that has a $1 million plus stock portfolio has been buying, you're in luck because we have Sean Androff back, who is a community member just like you and I, sharing the 20 dividend stocks that he has recently bought. Plus, he's going to give seven ideas for a high yield, which some of us older investors might want to look into to get that cash flow right now. And then 10 high growth dividend stocks that may be more preferential for somebody that's younger and has a really long time horizon in front of them. So if you want to know Sean's backstory and you missed the very first interview with him, check this out right here. And as we're talking about these stocks, we're going to be showing the Simply Safe dividend information. So some of it may go a little quick, so you can pause your video if you want to study that a little bit. Remember, this is just for fun and entertainment. This is in no way, shape, or form financial advice. Well, you've heard enough of me. We want to hear from you in the comments below what dividend stocks you've been buying. And with that being said, let's get to our chat with Sean Androff. Sean, Sean, thank you for joining us once again. Welcome back for your second trip on this podcast, YouTube thing we're doing here. So how you been, man? Awesome. I've been awesome, Russ. Thanks so much for having me back. It's good to be back again. Yeah, I'm excited to hear some of these stocks you've been buying. And right off the bat, we'll just get into it. You bought, you bought a lot of stuff. So you want to kind of set us up with with your uh, how you went about buying these and what you did? Yeah. Um. So I'm a big fan of like having lots of positions. I know some people like to pick 10 or 15 stocks and just kind of go heavy into those. But, you know, depending on what age you are and when where you're at in your portfolio, like, one thing I've liked to do is get lots of positions with like dividend kings, dividend aristocrats, and just kind of have a good foundation of like multiple income streams. When I'm looking at like these stocks that I've been buying recently, like I I mentioned it last time, I love Pepsi and Coke. They have a duopoly on the whole beverage worldwide market. And Pepsi's actually at a pretty good price right now. So that one... Um, I picked up some of that. Also like uh, Coke, I always try to buy more and more of Coca-Cola whenever I can. So and talking about those two have been good. Talking about Kings, yeah. I'm just going to cut you off a few times here. Don't mind me. Go for it. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so they, they're both pretty, pretty solid dividend stocks. Obviously, we know what they do. But PepsiCo has been growing their dividend for 50 straight years. They're a king. They've had 58 years of uninterrupted dividend payments. And that dividend yield is 7% above the five-year average. And then we flip it down to Coke. They've been growing that dividend for 60 straight years. 103 years of uninterrupted dividend payments and that dividend yield is 6% above the five-year average. Yeah. And talk about a competitive advantage in like economic mode, like who's competing with them? You know, they just keep any, any like beverage company that seems to come along, they just acquire them. So those are just super strong. Um, the other one I've, I've picked up a bunch of, and I kind of keep, I should say all positions that I have, um, I'm always dripping into. So I really don't like to turn off the drip and use that those funds to buy other things. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, if, if I've got a good good stable of, of, of different stocks that I can drip back into, I'd rather just do that and then just hold. Lowe's has been um, pretty cheap lately. It's been down quite a bit. And they are averaging, I think the five-year CAGR for them is like 17 or 18% dividend growth, I believe. It's fast. So they have been amazing for dividend growth. They have a current yield of 2.26%. And that dividend, surprisingly, you don't think about lows, but 62 years of dividend growth, 62 years uninterrupted. And their dividend yield, you talked about the low score, is currently 20% above the five-year average. And I want to add one more thing, what you said about dripping. You know, it's always like yeah. to drip or not to drip. But one cool thing about dripping 
is that it forces you to buy less of a stock when it's at a really high price and buy more of it when it's at a really low price. So I think it kind of balances out in the end, but a very nice, uh, very nice thing that you don't have to worry about indeed. It's a good point, Russ. And also like when the when the Dow pulls back or the S&P is a little bit lighter, I don't really look at that very much. You know, I probably mentioned that last time we talked, but like I don't really check the Dow every day. I don't look at the uh, S&P because Lowe's is going to keep paying their dividend. And if the market dips a little bit and it happens to you know correspond when when um, a repurchase is occurring, you're just getting a better price on yield anyway. So um, that makes it easier for us dividend folks. Uh, the other one I, I've picked up recently and I continue to keep buying is UPS. I know that drivers came to their agreement with their you know wages that they were looking to get and whatnot, which was a, a big deal for them. And they've just been really steady and their growth has been awesome too. So big fan of UPS. 4.54% dividend yield on that, pushing 5%, surprisingly, 13-year dividend growth streak. And they've been paying that dividend uninterrupted for 24 years. And UPS, their dividend yield is of this recording is a whopping 36% above that five-year average. And again, when we say five-year average, it tells us nothing about the future, where something's going, but right. it can be a nice little, you know, a nice little hack to look for a starting point or, or to dig into a little deeper. Now, what'd you get next? Yeah. The golden arches, huh? Yep, McDonald's. And one last thing with UPS, it sounds super nerdy, Russ, but every time I see them driving around, it makes me feel kind of good. You know, I'm like, hey, they're out there working hard. Working you know? for it's, you. It's cool. And you see them everywhere. McDonald's, a uh, huge fan of, of that company in terms of just like how how global they are and um, just how profitable they are and how consistent the dividend is. So I um, haven't bought a ton of it, but I've been adding couple shares here and there when I can um, over the past few weeks. 2.49% yield to McDonald's. They're going to be a dividend king. I'm pretty pretty sure they got 46 years of dividend growth streak, also 46 years uninterrupted. And McDonald's dividend right now is 9% above that five-year average. The other one I've, I've liked is Amgen. Um, the, they're putting out some really good stuff and they've just got a really good moat. Their earnings per share is strong and um, their payout ratio is low. Another, another uh, stock that I'm a fan of right now and, and adding more 3.16% yield, 11 years dividend growth, and 11 years uninterrupted. That dividend yield only 2% above the five-year average. So Amgen, that's, uh, healthcare is interesting. I know we've talked about it. A lot of people think that there's going to be you know, potentially a single payer down the line with the government. Medicare is negotiating drug prices. Now that's going to affect, obviously, the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies a little more than a uh, company like Amgen, which I believe is an insurer, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So what'd you get next? Uh, next one I've been adding to is Exxon. Um, just it, what's cool about them is that there's still a huge need for, you know, gasoline and, and uh, their product lines, but they're also so heavy in also Chevron, but they're so heavy in plastics. You know, people always think of Ex uh, Exxon as, you know, gas for their car and whatnot, but gasoline helps produce plastics. And so there's still a huge demand for plastics in everything that we use in, in the world. So um, I'm very confident that over the next 20, 30 years, they'll be going really strong and that dividend will keep increasing. Yeah. And those two in the news recently, they're buying oil producers. Exxon yep. bought Pioneer and Chevron bought Hess. So Chevron, yes, I saw that. Yeah, they're they're growing. Exxon dividend three point fifty three percent, forty years dividend growth, one hundred and forty one years of uninterrupted dividend payments from Exxon. That's pretty amazing. Their dividend yield is currently twenty six percent below the five year average. So that's one where uh, that's one of the few that you're below. And then Chevron four point nine percent dividend yield, 35 years dividend growth, and one hundred and eleven years of uninterrupted dividends. And that yield is 2% 
above the current dividend. Uh, the five-year average is what I'm trying to say. I'm so busy thinking about how I'm going to make a joke for the next one because my <laughs> friend Harris from One Penny at a Time says that trash is cash, and you certainly trash is cash. did do that. Yeah, no, and I like Republic National as well. They're kind of rivals. It's funny. There's a couple of different YouTube videos. If you look at like waste management versus Republic National, there's kind of a debate of what's a better buy, but um, I'm a huge fan of waste management. It's kind of sounds weird, but I'm a big golf fan. And I, I was thinking about, it. I was watching golf the other week or whatever. And I noticed like a lot of the sponsors for golf tournaments are like dividend stocks I hold, like the waste management tour, you know, or, or tournament, uh, there's the AT&T, there's IBM. I was like, hey, maybe there's something to that. But uh, huge fan of waste management. Uh, they just keep growing. They have, they just keep taking up more market share super profitable, well-run companies. So yeah, they, they have a small year, well, 1.67, we say small, but they do the, grow that dividend pretty quickly, as you can see on the screen. 19 years dividend growth, 23 years uninterrupted, but the dividend is currently 6% below the five-year average. So it might, you know, might want to wait a little bit, see if we can get a better price, but we never know what the market's going to do. What'd you get next, Mr. Sean? Yes, Canadian National Railway. I like this 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 pick because it's just really consistent. They're the leader of, uh, you know, railroad transportation in Canada, and their reach is massive. They're, it's not even really a duopoly. It's almost a monopoly in Canada. Um, they pay a very consistent dividend. They grow the dividend. It's really safe. So I kind of put that in the category of like, as you're looking at your portfolio, you have your growth, your high yield, they're kind of right in that middle steady meat and potatoes type uh, of, uh, of, a, of a company. Yeah, agreed. And they do have a dividend safety score of 97 from Simply Safe, 2.07% yield. But hey, they've been growing that dividend of 26 years, also 26 uninterrupted. And that dividend is 14% above that five-year average. So look at, we got the top 10 done. We got when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's on more to go. What you got next? Yeah. Well, so the opposite of that is Altria Group. So Altria Group is, I'm a huge fan. It, it, actually, I was looking at this the other day, Russ. I don't really look through my holdings a lot, but it's my number one holding. And the yield on that right now, I believe is nine point something. 9. It's very 64. high. It's really high yield. So again, might be a better hold if you're needing cash flow or you, you know, again, if you're not dripping and you want to use some of that cash flow to buy into other things. But the reason I like this stock is they actually raised their dividend yield. I think it was like 8%-ish this year. So that's strong. Um, and the cash flow is, is extraordinarily impressive. So I um, mean, they're diversify, uh, diversifying some of their product lines too. Yeah, they had a little bit of an earnings miss, which kind of pushed that yield up when people started selling off. But as the markets come roaring back, people are buying. Yeah, Altria, we, we talk about that 9.64% yield, 53 years of dividend growth. So they are a dividend king. Also 53 years uninterrupted. And their yield is currently 22% above that five-year average. The next one is interesting. They just had a stock split. They just split themselves. Yes, uh, Kellogg's. Um... I buy a lot of cereal, might sound silly, but uh, I just, I'm a fan of food stocks like General Mills, Kellogg's, Crafts. Um, and so this one to me is just a, another kind of staple. And, you know, with, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the economy. There's always a little bit of recession talk. We'll see if we're in a soft landing or if that's to come, but people have to eat. 
They've been around forever. They have a lot of product lines um, and a, a very consistent uh, dividend. It's a very interesting situation because currently they have a 4.30% dividend yield, but they show zero years of growth, zero years uninterrupted, 20% above the five-year average is their dividend yield. So Kellogg's became Kellanova. Right. Yep. What they spun off is taking the Kellogg's name. I don't, it escaped me. I don't remember it. I should have known, but that one has not announced their dividend yet. So it's expected that they're going to pay a dividend that when you combine it with Kalanova's current dividend, you put them together, it's going to equal yep. what Kellogg's was before and then they'll bring that back. But they just don't know right now, so they're calling it a dividend cut. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of J&J and Kenview and like how they kind of split and you know, Kenview kept like Band-Aids and some of the more consumers and J&J kept the pharmaceutical. And it's, it seems to me kind of like that. Yeah, J&J and that's, <laughs> I've, been yeah. Buying, yeah. <laughs> I've been buying more of the j I figured I'd sneak that one in there. But yeah, they spun Good off price. they spun off, spun off the uh, consumer health, which like you said, Band-Aids and mouthwash, things like that. And they kept the pharmaceutical and the med tech, which they have like yeah. heart pumps and, you know, the, the drugs and things like that. So interesting. But next, this one is one that I had owned in the past. And an interesting thing we think of Honeywell is like just the thermostat which they're way more than that. And one of the yeah. things they're into is com quantum computing, which a lot of people don't think of, but you did pick up more Honeywell. I was on the treadmill one day at the gym like five months ago. And I, I don't know how, you know, I'm always, I listen to your show all the time and a couple other ones. And I, you know, I'm just like a total dividend nerd. And I ended up getting onto a, a YouTube video only about Honeywell. And it was like a 40 minute deep dive of like the history of the company, their payouts their growth and, and all the different product lines they're in. And so I was like, I'm just going to pick up like 10 shares of that. Cause I'm like, it just, it's a really steady, solid company that's so diversified and their payout ratios are low. And I was, um, so that's another one of those like middle of the road, steady uh, pickups for me. Steady Eddie, they have a dividend safety score of 99, 2.29% current yield, 12 years of dividend growth, 30 years uninterrupted, but that dividend is currently 12% above the five year average for Honeywell. More food coming up next. Yeah, more food. I must have been hungry when I was uh, <laughs> been buying lately. <laughs> but uh, Kraft Foods, kind of like Kellogg's, you know, um, well diversified. It's interesting when you look at, I, I don't know if anybody else does this, but when I look at foods, a lot of times I'll look at the back of it just to see like what company kind of is the parent company. And it's amazing to me how many things my household buys that Kraft's is kind of behind the scenes is like the parent over arching company. So I like the diversity of products, the stableness of it, and uh, kind of like Kellogg's and, and Honeywell, really both like right down the middle. You're not going to get rich by holding it for a week. Over time, it just compounds and it's it's safe. Yeah. And Warren Buffett, they own uh, Kraft Heinz. Obviously, they had that whole thing with the, the merger between Kraft and Heinz back some years ago. But yeah, they, they haven't raised their dividend for a minute. It's kind of been frozen. 4.81% dividend yield, zero years of growth, obviously, three years uninterrupted dividends. But that dividend is 4% above the five-year average. The next one, this is one that I considered getting into uh, as it's been in the mid 180s I'd, I'd love to see if it goes to the 170s but you bought more hershey's i did yeah and it's funny i was kind of dabbling and buying a little bit of that but when i thought about it like between them and mars there's not like a lot of huge players in that market it's funny i i i saw like a ted talk or something that mr beast was on and he was talking about how the chocolate you know vertical hasn't really been tampered with it forever so that's where the mr beast bar kind of came out of is like hey here's a market that we could probably do something with they'll probably get acquired by you know hershey's but um <laughs> it, the, 
well, like every, all of these companies, but um, they have really good dividend growth. And again, it's one of those where you go to the grocery store, they're everywhere. Uh, every grocery store in America carries, you know, their chocolate bars. And, and even during the holidays, all the different little chocolates that go into all the cookies and everything. So I, I like the consistency of it. And uh, I always think, that, you know, how accessible is this to purchase? And what competitors, what, what would they have to do to compete for shelf space? with the Hershey's and both of those are bode very well for Hershey's. So another one of those staple type pickups for me. It's tough. Yeah, You just gave me a thought, Mr. Beast. Uh, he says, I'm going to bring Hershey's down. Then a year later, I could just see the headline, <laughs> Mr. Beast sells Feastables to Hershey's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, I don't know if you saw the documentary on, on, um, on Netflix about Jewel and how like when Jewel can't, it's really good. I can't remember. It's called Vape or something, but it's like a three part documentary and uh, it's on Netflix. It's excellent. Being a big Altria holder, I was kind of interested on the whole Jewel angle. I'm not a smoker, so I didn't really know much about it it's a fascinating documentary but it's interesting because when jewel came out they were like super anti-tobacco and then they ended up you know getting acquired by altria nice. <laughs> so it's like maybe that'll happen with mr beast you know? money talks but speaking of her uh Hershey's, yeah, 2.54% yield, 13 years dividend growth, 34 years uninterrupted. Could be a good time to buy because that dividend yield is currently 25% above their five-year average. And after Hershey's, what'd you get next? So um, I like uh, utility stocks because they're really, to me, more like a high-yield savings account. Uh, so I like Duke Energy. I also like Southern Company, but Duke Energy picked up more of that just because of how steady and consistent and safe the dividend is. So I don't know when I was kind of making this list and going, you know, buying things in the last month, maybe I've been hearing more recession talk because now that I, I think about my recent purchases, which when you're buying things, you don't always pull back and think about it. But, you know, maybe all the recessions talk and doom and gloom sometimes you hear about has made me, you know, thinking more like utilities, food, <laughs> gas, <laughs> waste management. Um, but no, I like Duke because of how consistent it is, um, how many households use their um, their energy service. Yeah, it's a definitely buy and hold for many, many, many years. Yeah, so, so you did get Duke and you did get Southern Company. And as we've seen, a lot of the utilities, a lot of the REITs, a lot of the, even Hershey's like these bond proxies, you know, as yields were historically low, we've seen so many passive income investors that aren't really worried about growing the capital. They just want the risk-free interest on that. So we've seen them, you know, kind of shift away from a lot of the stability in the equities because any stock is risky. So if you can get that 10-year, almost 5% guaranteed yield and you never have to worry about your principal being eroded or losing. So, you know, that's why people have been doing that. But Southern uh, Duke Energy, 4.54% yield, 15 years of uninterrupted and growing dividend. 10% yield uh, is above the five-year average. Or the, they, I wish they had a 10% yield. My God, that yield is 10%. For a second. I know. I was like, man, I'm going to go all in. 10% above <laughs> the five-year average. And then Southern Company, 3.98% yield, almost 4%, 21 years of growing dividend and 75 years of uninterrupted dividends. And that yield is currently 4% below. So a little bit interesting there. The next one, dude, this one, I've made the joke that, you know, I, it's like a horror movie. I start turning over things in my bathroom and everything has this logo. And I was like, <laughs> I need to check my kids to see if they have this logo somewhere on them. So which one was that? What company was that? 
Procter and Gamble. Yeah. It's so funny because like, you know, I, sometimes it just depends on, I don't know, maybe I'm more of like a emotional investor, but sometimes, you know, if I'm like, oh man, I want to get my, my income up. So I need to get some higher yield. So then I look at Procter and Gamble and it's not really wildly high, but uh, over the last five years, P&G has beaten the S&P by 40%. So in terms of just a growth stock that has like, unbelievable staying power and growing power. Like you said, it's amazing how many products are P&G and just how, I mean, I know myself, whenever I go to Publix to buy groceries, I always buy the same, you know, Tide and the same products that are that are Procter & Gamble. That's a, another one of my favorites that I just keep dripping into and then kind of pick up here and there. Dividend safety score of 99. They are just steady, steady Eddie, as Ian Lopick likes to say, 2.51% yield. 67 years of dividend growth. They are dividend king. 133 years of uninterrupted dividends for Procter & Gamble, but because they are so solid, you got to pay up for quality. So they're rarely on sale, but right now that dividend is only yeah. 1% above the five-year average. More food coming up <laughs> after it, more food. <laughs> Don't ever buy stocks while you're uh, hungry, they say, right? I know. I forgot Mondelez. I should have had them on there. Uh, JM Smuckers. Uh, I love this company. Like I, anytime I can pick up, you know, and sometimes I'll just pick up five shares or something kind of lighter, but um, people eat peanut butter and jelly and they're everywhere. And they're in a lot of products too. They're uh, another one of those staple food companies and just... I think thinking about the economy and what, what could happen, like people have to eat and people are pretty brand loyal and they have good product lines, very stable sales, uh, another steady, you know, dividend stock that you can buy once and really never, never have to worry about it. Don't look at it. Just keep letting it drip and, and grow. So uh been picking up more of that yeah and smuckers dude they bought the twinkies maker hostess for 5.6 billion so they got twinkies under their belt now too who doesn't love twi dude twinkies will be around in the zombie apocalypse uh, <laughs> smuckers might not be around but the twinkies will still be around <laughs> And it's good to see the Twinkie back. Those were some dark times when the Twinkie went away. I mean, it's like, how does that happen? It's funny. Every time I see the Twinkies, I think of Zombieland. It's like such, uh, it's ingrained. <laughs> so, but, yeah, uh, and now you own them. So uh, Smuckers, 3.74% yield, 21-year dividend growth streak coming up on being a dividend aristocrat there, which is 25 years of consecutive growth, 51 years uninterrupted. And Smucker's dividend yield is currently 23% above that five-year average. Bring us on home with your number 20, 20 pick here. Round, rounding third base coming home. So Abbott Labs, I know AbbVie gets a lot of attention. Uh, they have a higher yield uh, um, for their dividend yield, but Abbott Labs, um, I kind of learned this recently. Um, our family drinks a lot of Insure, which I know they they are the parent of that, but I didn't realize that they have a 60 some percent share of all baby food. So if you buy baby food, there's a 60% chance it's from Abbott Labs. I didn't know they had that much of a monopoly on baby food and uh, a very, very stable stock dividend, good growth. Uh, again, they got Ab AbbVie and Abbott Labs, the spinoff AbbVie, um, AbbVie, but uh, I like I like Abbott Labs as well and been picking up more of that. Yeah, they did. I, uh, 2012, I think it was that they spun off AbbVie and AbbVie is like the pharmaceutical side of things. But yeah, Abbott, 2.13% dividend yield, 51 years of dividend growth. So they are a king, 99 years of uninterrupted dividends. And this could be a really good time to buy or look into considering it because that dividend is 32% above their five-year average. So very nice picks there. We made it through that and we teased the bonus or I teased the bonus in the beginning. So what you got for the bonus? You're looking at some other uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, I thought one thing that's been, I've been thinking about a lot too, Russ, is like in terms of, I shouldn't say how old you are, but just in terms of like where you are in your path of like retirement, right? So you got the fire community, everyone's 
hustling, trying to, you know, retire early and then the FI community and whatnot. So I was thinking more about if, depending on where you are and, and on when you want to stop working and when that will happen, I, I was thinking about what stocks make the more, most sense. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll talk to friends and people and they're like, Hey, what are you buying? What's a good, what's a good dividend stock? Sounds cliche, but it kind of depends on like where you're at. Let's just yeah. use ages. Let's say you're 62, you know, you may not want to buy Microsoft or Visa, right? Visa is not a cheap stock. It has like a 0.8% yield, uh, dividend yield. Uh, Altria, on the other hand, has like a 9.6 or whatever we talked about it being. So if you're close to retiring, and again, it shouldn't be about age, it's just depending on where you're at in, in your path, you may want to think about high yield stocks that actually produce more cash flow now when you, when you kind of need it. So I made a quick list of that. I have seven high yield stocks that someone could consider if they're closer to retirement or maybe even in retirement, but those were EPD, Altria, uh, Aries Capital, Main Street Capital, Simon Group, which is SPG, uh, British Tobacco, which is BTI, and then Realty Income. So most of those are kind of on the high yield um, in that, you know, anywhere from 7 to 9% yield. And then on the growth, pure growth side, which some of these are ones I've been buying, you know, for companies that are lower yielding, but let's say, again, shouldn't use age, but let's say you're 25. And you're listening to this and you're like, I've got a long ways. I'm going to be working, you know, should I buy Altria or should I buy Lowe's? Right. So there's the kind of 10 growth stocks that I, I like right now are Nordson. They're at a 16% five-year dividend growth. Home Depot, which is 16%. Lowe's, as we talked about, was really high. Uh, Visa, I think is around 16%. Texas Instrument is at a 17.4% five-year CAGR. United Healthcare, I'm a fan of that one. Paychecks and ADP kind of have a duopoly on the nation's payroll. And uh, both of them have close to a 12 to 14% growth rate. Um, and kind of like UPS, FedEx is another good one to consider. They're at a 16% growth rate. Those are companies that you may want to consider picking up if you have a long span of work. And I had this idea, if you don't mind me sharing it real quick, Russ. So if you're looking at the two and you're not sure, right? So I'll give you a good example. Let's say someone looks at Visa and they're like, oh, that's a terrible stock. I don't want that. Their yield's brutal. It's 0.86. That's awful, right? And then you're like, so I'm going to get Aries because their yield on their dividend yield is 9.8. That's great. But on the flip side, Aries Capital's dividend growth is 2.5%, whereas Visa's was 22%. So one idea I had is if, if someone were to come to you and say, hey, Russ, I have this mystery stock. It has a 12.2% five-year CAGR and it has a 5.76% yield. You'd probably be like, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. That's a solid, like, yeah, right. That's a good yield. That's a good growth. So simple math. I just took, you know, both the dividend growth rates, added them and then divided by two, which gives you a 12.2. Did the same thing on the yield, which gives you 5.76. So it was an idea I've been thinking about the last few months of like taking some of these, like a Microsoft and a BTI, where it's like, they're both good in different ways. So if you bought one share of each, you're kind of making like a little mega stock or, a, a, you know, you could call it weighted, whatever term you want, but been thinking a lot more about what makes sense in terms of where you're at in your path. Yeah, you're you're marrying them together. When you have the mommy and the daddy and you put them together, you get the nice baby yield, you know, maybe not yeah, so small, <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, that's a really interesting thought. And I, I like that. It's an interesting thing. And it's just, there's an infinite number of ways we can invest. And, you know, it's like Warren Buffett was fond of saying there's more than one way to financial heaven. And I think as investors, you always need to know your investor DNA 
which is why some people just only invest in ETFs. They don't want to research. They don't want to deal with it. They just want to buy everything in one shot, be done with it. And that's fine. There's there's just exactly more than one way to financial heaven. So there is a study, and I'm going to dig it up someday. I remember hearing about it where they compared a high starting yield, low growth compared to low starting yield, but high growth. And I think it took about 10 or 11 years for the low starting yield, but high growth to uh, eclipse and start producing more than the high starting yield and low growth or yeah, high starting yield and low growth uh, stock. So exactly speaks to your point. If you have a lot of time, then it probably does make more sense. And and you, you know, especially if a company is really growing that dividend fast, uh, they might have a better all better overall total return anyways. So definitely don't shy away from something because it's a low starting yield. You have to take in a lot of different factors. And, you know, as we always like to say, you got to buy the business. You're always buying the business. You can't just buy the right. dividend yield. And I know we just went really quick here today and talked about the dividend yields, but that's that's one mind shift I always want people to remember is that when you buy a stock, you're buying the business behind the dividend yield. And if yeah. it's a melting ice cube or a bad business, you know, they may struggle with that dividend uh, into the future. But well said. And like, I think from the 20 that we talked about, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the company behind the yield and, and numbers, you know, and uh, just how, how um, successful they are and what an economic moat they have. I also, most of those have very healthy payout ratios. That's a really big thing to me is like earnings per share. How strong is that compared to the PE ratio? What is the payout ratio? You know, when, when, when someone's in like, when, when the company's at like a 20 to 30% payout ratio, that's exciting. Yeah. You know, when it starts getting into like this, I know REITs are kind of not held into the same degree, but if it's in like the 60 to 70 range, uh, that's kind of when I'm like, that's just a little bit too high for me. Yeah. Well, with REITs also, we're always looking, you know, it's a little different. We like to look at the AFFO, the adjusted funds from operation, which is, kind of akin to the uh, free cash flow payout ratio, which is what I love looking at that number because earnings can be skewed by, you know, by debt and by uh, share buybacks and things like that. So I love the uh, free cash flow. I'm going to get a tattooed on my knuckle someday. Free cash. (laughs) Free cash. I think Ryan Williams, he teased once we were going to do something like that. He was tattooing my knuckles. Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask you real quick uh, in terms of just ETFs, what are your, a couple of your favorites that you are buying or like? Yeah, really only one. SCHD is one that I'm buying. Uh, I had been into DIVO, which sells covered calls and they own a lot of blue chip companies, no fancy synthetic covered calls or anything like TSLY, but yeah, they had a 0.35% expense ratio. And I just decided to sell out of that and just put it all into SCHD. Uh, That's really the only ETF I have. Now with our 401k, I do have three mutual funds, but that's something I really talk about. I mean, they're just, one's a large cap value, one's large cap growth, and one is a uh, mid cap growth. So nothing fancy but yeah the stuff on the channel here the only etf that i do have is a chd because you're getting a basket of you know mostly i'll say mostly because i look at you know when uh they booted cummins and added for it i was like i wouldn't have done that but yeah that that speaks to what you're uh when you buy an etf you have no control over that so you have to be okay with when things like that happen which is why some people get turned off but other people are like Hey, I got stuff to do. I ain't got time to go looking at safety scores and whatnot. I'll just buy yeah. everything, you know. Right. It's my that's my that's my largest ETF is SCHD. I like I love those guys. That's a great one. Uh, the other one I like is uh, VOO. Yep. Voo, and then um, VIG is the one that I keep buying into the, the the Vanguard Income Growth. It's the the dividend growing 
ETF. That one's a popular one for me. Definitely solid. We like those as well. And uh, yeah, I know a lot of people in the community invest in them. So dude, before we go, what what's some stuff that you've been watching? Like what's a interesting show, book, podcast? I don't care. What is it? Whatever you want to say. What's something cool that doesn't have to be dividend or stock related? Just what are you, what are you watching? Well, I think I mentioned it earlier that I would I would highly recommend check out that, uh, that Jewel documentary because for the people who like this channel, it's entertaining. There's actually a lot of humor in it. And they also kind of cut to cartoons during it. I think it was called Vape. I believe it was called. It's on, it's on, if you go to Netflix, you'll find it, but it's the, uh, the jewel story. And that was something I just watched that I was thinking of because it's relevant to this conversation. It's, it's well done. So that and the golden bachelor, I can't get enough of it. Go Gary. <laughs> My wife and I have been watching that show forever shamelessly. And, uh, I don't know if you watch it, if your wife's into that, but it's been a good season this year. Uh, yeah, we've never gotten into that. We're more like horror <laughs> movie people. We just started watching bodies on Netflix. We wrapped up wrestlers, which was interesting also on Netflix. Yeah. And yeah. yeah How's bodies? Is that good? I have to check that out. I like that kind of stuff too. <laughs> well, my wife may or may not have fallen asleep during the uh, midpoint of it, but I, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. If you like that stuff, have you ever seen Mindhunter? No. Oh, it's, I actually read the book. It's uh, I've always been like a true crime, you know, kind of a person. I, I listen to Morbid. I listen to True Crime Garage. It's for podcasts. It's the true story of kind of how the FBI came up with how they have like behavioral analysis for serial killers. The The book is the true story about, um, I can't remember all the different FBI agents and whatnot, but they basically formed this task force, which kind of resembles a little bit of like the X-Files, how they were kind of the outcast, you know, like, oh, they're doing that crazy, you know, stuff. But um, that's where they were, they were interviewing Manson and all these different um, serial killers to learn more about like how they think and what patterns there are. So obviously they could prevent and catch these folks a lot earlier. Then they, the Netflix made a, a series on it. It's called Mindhunter. They made two seasons. It's fantastic. And it just so, it was kind of apropos because I had just read the book. And then I was flipping through Netflix and I'm like, Mindhunter? And, next, oh my, and it was so well done. When you look at the pictures of the the actual FBI agents and the, so if you were looking for a, um, a really good true crime. It's not a documentary, it's a drama, but it's it's all based on real stories. That one's a, a huge pick for me. Well, we're going to put it on our date list. So my wife and I, when, when somebody recommends <laughs> a, a show, we take it out for that first date. And then we <laughs> we kind of look at each other. You want to go on a second date with that one? You know, and you know, I will say I used to be big into true crime, but after a while, it just, uh, I remember I'd feel like heavy after some of them and thinking yeah, like, I can't I know, believe that people really did this stuff. So personally, I ended up going and getting my like, you know, I've always been a horror fan, but uh, at least then I know that it's not real. And it just kind of stunk when yeah. like a podcast would end. I was like, damn, like that really happened. I, I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> I kind of ebb and flow in and out. Yeah. Cause I'm like, sometimes I'm in this, I'm in, it's a beautiful day. I'm going for a run. I'm like, I don't really want to listen. And then when we, uh, like I said, but then you watch something like bodies or something that's fiction and yeah. when it ends, I'm just like, Oh, good thing that never really happened. Somebody made it up and I go yeah. to sleep and I'm not well, lying awake at night. One last one for you. Yeah. Have you seen uh, old, old dads with Bill Burr? No, we've seen the preview for it and we got a couple, couple of chuckles. So I, yeah, I think that'll apply it's to funny. people like us uh you know in our yeah in our 40s it's, a good, it's well done 
Yeah, it's well done. It was funny. Uh, better than I thought it would be. I was like, wow, this is surprisingly good. And I had a bunch of friends who saw it and they loved it. So that might be one for you. All right. To add to the list. Well, this was well yeah. done, Sean. I mean, I really appreciate it. And I'll definitely have, we'll have you back on again. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be tuning into this one as well. Because, uh, hey, people always want to know what other investors are buying and what they have skin in the game yeah. on, you know, like you do. So, uh, yeah, again, once again, if people want to reach you or contact you, drop that information, link, knowledge, whatever. Yeah. I've, I've got a little TikTok uh, that I, I do some fun videos. A lot of them are just kind of silly and funny, but some of them are dividend and investing related. And that's uh, Shawnee, S-H-A-U-N-Y underscore seven, seven. So um, feel free to visit. But we, I don't put out a lot of stuff. It's just more like if I see something cool or I, I'm thinking about stocks, I might throw something on there. Hey, well, we'll send them your way. There'll be a link in the description below and let us know what you've been buying in the comments below, what your favorite, uh, any stock, I don't care, whatever. Let's just throw whatever you want to buy. So again, Sean, Thank you so very much for coming on. We'll talk to you again. And for all of you watching and listening, we will see you in the next episode.